the message that I believe is, is very crucial for the body of Christ. It's very, very important. Very important. Not profound, but very important. If you want God to work in your life. God picks people and he works with people. He deals with people. He promotes people. It's a great thing if God gives you responsibility in his kingdom. If God looks down and picks you to work for him, that's a great privilege. It's the highest privilege that any man can have living on this earth. When you work for God. Life is very short. Even if it's a hundred, it's short. In terms of eternity, it's extremely short. God doesn't see things the way we see things. I pray that God will help you this morning to see things the way he sees things. Because if you do, it will change your perspective. It will change what's important to you in life. You know, James and John, they saw through life into eternity. And they knew what was really important. And they were burning inside of them. Not for this life. But the life to come. They were very close to Jesus. Jesus loved John. And John knew it. And he said of himself, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He knew it. But this was serious to them. I don't know if you know this, but James and John were cousins of Jesus. But they went to their mother, their mother and they said, please, plead with him, beg him. When this life is over and he comes into his kingdom, we want to be seeking right next to him. Jesus was shocked by that request. He said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Do you know what you're asking for? They said, yeah. He said, well, I can't give you that. It's not for me to give. But besides, are you willing to go through or to drink the cup that I drink? You're willing to drink that cup? And then he was talking about the cup of death. Are you willing to drink the cup that I'm going to drink? They said yes. If it means sitting by your side, we're willing. And Jesus, knowing all things, he said, yeah, I know you will. Oh, I wish he'll be able to see the same thing about me. He knows all things. And yet he knew these two individuals were so serious, they will give their lives just to sit. But then he said, but it's not mine to give to you. 
It's not mine to give to you. So important. If you know and understand what's coming year after, the kingdom of heaven, this Jesus whom God gave to us, who gave his life, that was God himself, giving his own life so he can have you. So that you can serve him and live for him. If you understand how important, if God will open your eyes to see how important this is, you give up everything and anything to follow him and to serve him with gladness. They did. I want to. Today, I want to share with you about the blessing of serving God. The blessing of serving God. God said, I didn't ask you to serve me in vain. It's not in vain when you serve God. God himself said, I never asked you to serve me in vain. Nobody serves God in vain. You cannot serve God and truly serve him and serve him in vain. In this life and in the life to come. It may not appear initially, but God will reveal himself. That you are a servant of God. If you put your all. Many people want to worship God. And they go to church. And they worship God. But God is not calling for people to just worship Him. He wants you to serve Him. He wants you to serve Him. Not just worshipers. But those who will serve him. He's calling for people to serve him. You will never know God. You will never truly know the God who created you. If you just worship him. You will only get to know God if you worship and serve him. God will not unveil himself to you if you just worship him. Anybody can worship God. Anybody can go into God's house and have time of worship and raise their hands and worship him. God enjoys that. But he will not reveal himself to you until you serve him. And I'm going to say this. You will never be a friend of God until you serve Him. And I'm going to show you that from Scripture. You can never be a friend of God, one that God considers His friend, until you serve Him. You have to serve Him. You know, Jesus in His temptation, the devil took Him up to a very high mountain and showed Him the kingdoms of this world. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 9, the devil said to him, 
All these things I will give to you. If you will fall down and worship me. Just fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. Away with you. For it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and Him only shall you serve. What Satan wanted was worship. But Jesus knew you can't just worship without serving. So Jesus replied, It is written for you shall worship the Lord your God And him only shall you serve. Satan never called for service. He called for worship. But if you worship God, you must serve him. They go together. You can do one and leave the other. You never get to know the God of heaven until you both worship him and you serve him. Most people come to church. They only come to church on Sunday morning. You never know God that way. You may be saying, I don't feel God. Yes, you don't, because you are not serving Him. He's not answering my prayer. I don't think there is a God. Oh, yes, you're right, because you don't know Him. Why will He reveal yourself to Him? You're not willing to worship Him and serve Him. You just want to have some good feelings when you come to church on Sunday morning and nobody sees you for the rest of the week till the following, or maybe two Sundays after that. That's when they see your face and say, yeah, he is again, back again. And you call that service to the God who gave himself on the cross for you? Would you receive that kind of a service if you gave your son to die for a fellow and every now and then that's when he shows up to raise his hands? And that's real service to God and you're going to heaven? For the one who hung on the cross. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Jesus said no man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. Either you will hit the one. And love the other, or else you will be loyal to the to the to one and despise the other. And then he said, You cannot serve God and mammon. Nothing notice nothing was said about worship. You cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. What is the meaning of service? We are the servants of God. To serve means to assist. To attend to. To work for. So, you cannot work for God and work for money at the same time. You will be loyal to one and despise the other one. You can do both at the same time. You got to decide. You choose who you want to serve. 
You can make money your servant if you serve God. But notice the issue Jesus is speaking about here is not about worshipping God, but about serving Him. That's where you can come to really know God. If you, should, if you really want to know God, you have to serve Him. You have to be involved in what's going on in His house. You can't just come in and out without no one knowing what's going on in your life. You're not involved in God's program in the church. You call yourself a member of a church. That's the church that God planted. And I know God planted the Ark Fellowship, but we don't know about your life. How can God know when we don't know? You're not involved. He has a program here at the Ark Fellowship. What's your role? What are you doing to assist, to serve, to attend to, to work for God? Not just worship. We work for Him. That's why we were created in Christ to serve Him. That's why He came. Zachariah, that's John the Baptist's father. He didn't believe. And God said, since you, don't, you didn't believe, uh, the angel said, the angel Gabriel, since you didn't believe what I told you, uh, you're not going to talk anymore uh, for a while. I'll shut your mouth because if I let you talk, this your mouth will get us in trouble and this thing is not going to come. So be quiet for a while. Uh, until the miracle, after the miracle, then you can speak. So for nine months, he couldn't say a word, but he had a lot of time to think. (laughs) He had a lot of time to think. But the day came when John the Baptist was born, and the Holy Spirit fell on him, and he began to speak in in Luke chapter 1, beginning from verse 7 to 4. He says, to grant to us that we being delivered from the hands of our enemies, may serve Him. Right? Why are we delivered from the hands of our enemies? To serve Him. Not just to worship Him, but to serve Him. We, He's been granted to us, when Jesus came to this world, that meant God granted to every man to be free, delivered from the hands of the enemies, To serve him without fear all the days of our life. To serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Every single day that you live must be a service to God. That's why we were delivered. When you, you know how it is. When we are in trouble, what we do? We start making bargains with God. God, this thing is really hard. It's been so hard. Would you deliver me? God, if you deliver me from this problem, I'm telling you, God, I will serve you. Have you heard people do that? Uh, don't be too righteous about it. You, all of us have done that. 
We tell God, God, if you get me out of this trouble, I'm telling you, I'll go to church every Sunday. I'll even shake the preacher's hand. I will go to church. I'm telling you, God, deliver me. But the funny thing is, after you have been delivered, you forgot the troubles and you forget the covenant you made. And nobody sees you in church. You come while those few days they are really begging for help. But you see, whenever God hears that word, serve, he says, what did you say? And he responds. You remember the story of Hannah. I don't know how many times Anna had been in, 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 in the house of God, I believe in Ramah, begging with Elkanah as the priest. She, she was crying out to God every year. Every year she went, she was tormented, and I'm sure she was praying. But this day, he was so hard on her, and she told God, if you will give me that boy, I'll turn him over to you for what? For, for your service. All the days of his life. And God said, what did you say? What did I hear you say? She said, I'll, I'll turn him over to you. And guess what? She got pregnant. Every time you tell God and you mean it from your heart that you will serve him, he responds. He responds. He will respond. The children of Israel in Egypt for 400 years and later they were serving as slaves and it was a painful thing to them. Children of God serving as slaves. And they started crying out to God. And you know what they were crying? That was God's refrain. <laughs> they were crying out to God, If you get us out of this, we will serve you. I believe that because that's what God took to Pharaoh. Let my people go, that they may not worship me, but that they may serve me in the wilderness. And in Exodus chapter um, I believe chapter 4, verse 23. God said to, to Pharaoh, So I say to you, let my son go, that he might serve me. But if you refuse, if you refuse to let him go, I'll kill your son, your first son. In the very beginning, God was already letting Pharaoh know the end of the game. If you don't, if you refuse, I'll kill your son. Your first son. Israel is my son. I want my son to serve, not worship me, to serve me. That's what Christians want to do. They just want to raise their hands and worship God. But nobody knows what you're doing in the church. What are you doing? What's your role? How can God reveal himself to you when you are not serving him? He didn't call them to the wilderness just to worship him. Did they worship him? Yes, they did. But he wanted them to serve him. Let my people go that they may serve me. That was God's refrain to Pharaoh. He said it in, in uh, Exodus chapter 7 verse 16. He said, let my people go that they may serve me. He came back again in Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. He's saying the same thing. Exodus chapter 9 verse 1. He said the same thing. Verse 13. He said the same thing. Chapter 10 verse 3. He said the same thing. Let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. 
You see, God measures in his people serving him, not just worshiping him. I've seen a lot of worshipers. God is looking for somebody to bridge the gap, to work for him, to assist him in what he wants to accomplish on the earth. Through prayer, through reaching out, bringing people into the kingdom, sharing because he is not willing that any should perish. What are you doing about that? Are you giving to it so that they come in? Are you really into what God is doing? Are you serving him? Do you pray? Do you study to know what he really wants to do so you can assist him? You help the master to make his job easy. Master, what do you have to do today? Let me get you water so you don't have to worry about that. I'll fix your car so that everything is ready. So when you're ready to go, all you need to do, I've ironed your clothes and all of that. You put it on and you can go. That's how to assist somebody. God is about reaching out to people. And he's looking for somebody to help him, to assist him, to work for him. And he says, those who labor will receive wages from God. God said, I did not call you to serve me in vain. No man serves God in vain. He's going to bless you. He's going to promote you. He may not be overnight, but he will. He may wait for a while to see if you will give up serving him when things don't go well. But if you stay serving him, after you have been proved, he promotes you so that the world will see it. You go to him and you do whatever you're doing in secret. But then he reveals you in the open. You talk to him in secret. You give to him in secret. But when he blesses you, he blesses you in the open so that everyone can see it. He makes a showcase of your life when you serve him. When you serve him. Not just worshipping him. Get involved in what's going on in God's program, in God's house. What you doing, pastor? What's going on? Where can I serve? Tell me. I want to do something for my God. That's what you're asking for. What can I do? And if I can't do anything, I have the money, I'll put it there so the money works for me. Let it work for me in serving my God. And when you do that, God says, you're giving that money to serve me. I'll put more so you can serve me more. I'll give you more from that place. I'm going to load you so you can keep serving me. Because that's what he wants. Service. From God. You know, service leads to greatness. With God. If you really want to be great in life, serve God. Service will always lead to greatness. You know, in Matthew 20, God, Jesus, called his disciples to himself because they were arguing. Jesus called them to himself. And then he started speaking to them. He said, you know, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, how they lord it over them. And those that are great, they exert exercise authority over them. But with you, he shall not be so. That's not the way I want it to go for you. He said, but whoever among you 
was desires to be great. Let him be what? Your servant. And if you want to be first, be their slave. Let him be their slave. Work. To be great is to serve. In the world, in the world, if you want to be great, then lord it over them. But in the house of God, if you, if you want God to really promote you and make you great in life, serve. Jesus said, this is the principle that governs the kingdom of God. Service. That's what brings you greatness. Nothing else but service. That's what's going to bring greatness if you're going to serve God. So find your place of service in the house of God. You know, and many Christians know this. It's amazing. It's really amazing. They quote the scriptures, but they don't understand what they're talking about. The Bible says, God has made us kings and what? Priests. Where do you find priests? Their home or in the church? Priests in the Old Testament, they serve God in the church. Right? Some were burning candles. They were busy in the house of God. Some were slaughtering the animals. Some were burning candles, putting the bread there so that everything was in order in the house of God. <coughs> Excuse me. Every one of us has been made priests and kings. Where, where are you serving in the house of God? What's your service? What are you doing in God's house? Find your place. They're calling for ushers. I can be an usher. I've been a Christian for the last 50 years. Let the young men do that. That's for small boys. I'm not doing that. Let's go greet. That's, that's not me. I know the scriptures very well. Why doesn't the pastor talk to me about teaching? Well, you can't even serve a little woman who put you to teach. What are you going to teach them? Your head is in the cloud. And God only promotes the humble. You know, I know a man, Papa and Mama, a 90 years old man. When you love God, and you've seen God, you want to serve. If you haven't seen God, you don't want to do anything. When Isaiah saw the Lord, you don't know the story? Isaiah chapter 6. And and this is what you have to understand. God is always looking for somebody to do something for him. He was, Isaiah went into the temple and he saw God. He said, I saw the Lord. You know the story, strain filled the temple now. The angels were crying. And he fell down and he worshipped. And cursed himself out <laughs> for the way he's been living. And his, his lips were touched. And as soon as the coal, the red coal touched his lips and he was cleansed. After he saw the Lord, he heard the voice of God. And God had been speaking all along. He didn't hear it. Before he saw God, he didn't hear the voice. 
And God was saying, Whom shall we send? Who shall go for us? Somebody to serve me. He's speaking. God is looking for a man to bridge the gap. He's still looking for somebody. Jesus said, you are my friend. If you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servant. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. I call you friends. Because all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. John 15, 14 and 15. All things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. God will not tell you what God is doing until you graduate from being a servant to a friend. All you want to do is to be his servant. That's what Paul called himself. I am a born servant of the Lord. Paul said that. James, the brother of Jesus, he said, I am a servant of the Lord. I serve God. John, I'm a servant of God. They call themselves servant. But Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. In other words, I know you are a servant, but I don't call you a servant anymore. I call you my friend. Don't just sing, I'm a friend of God, if you're not serving him. You don't have the right to sing that song. Don't rejoice over that song. I'm a friend of God. You're just wasting your mouth singing. Don't sing it. When you serve him, then he calls you his friend. You're not the one to tell me you are his friend. Let him tell me you are his friend. But if you are his friend, you'll be serving him. I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Because a servant does not know what his master is doing. You have to serve him. Service to God will prevent want. Because you've gotten God's attention in every area of life. God will take care of you. When you leave all to serve him, we have to be determined. He's going to prove you. He's going to challenge you to see whether the tough times will make you quit. Whether as you make up your mind, I am going to serve God. I don't care if anyone goes with me. I will serve God. Even if he hurts me, I am going to serve him. You say that to him, he says, what did you say? He's going to prove you. Just like he proved Abraham. Give me that boy. He's going to prove you. To see if you will follow through. 
But once you've done what he expects of you in serving him, he changes. <laughs> now you are a friend. Abraham was God's friend. And God said, by myself, I swear, I'll bless you. I will bless you. I will multiply you. When you serve him. You know, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 27. It says, then Peter answered and said to him, see, we have left all and followed you. They wanted so much of a part of Jesus. They left everything. Today, nobody wants to leave anything. A little inconvenience is painful for them. They can make a quick decision when it comes to God. But when it comes to their employer, they won't do it. You make a quick decision when it comes to God, you are not going to do it. Tell your employer that you're not going to go. And see what's going to happen. But we can do that with God. Because we say to ourselves, He understands. And He understands His son hanging on the tree. Did it? We have left all and followed you. They were not lying. These men, working men, left everything to follow him. And Jesus is saying, I need you to follow me. Take up your cross, follow me. You want to be a part of this kingdom? You want to be a part of God? Take up your cross. Now, forget this stupid thing about this Christianity. Well, you just say a few prayers. It's all over. Take up your cross. Take up your cross. There's going to be pain in following God. It's going to be tough. Your friends may not like it. Maybe your family may not like it. But you are going to follow Him because God is calling you to serve Him. You're doing whatever it takes. They'll come later. But you got to do and obey His call when He calls you to serve. You got to obey Him. It's going to be tough. Take up your cross and follow me. Not just fun. The fun comes later. But He's going to prove you. Through the cross. After the cross comes glory. (laughs) After the cross comes glory. If you complain during the time of the cross, there is no glory. You come down from the cross because you can. You can. You can. You will. When they taunt you a little for what you're doing for God, you go to church all the time. Are you the only Christian in the world? Why is it that you always go to church? Now we're tired of going. We're not going today. And you, okay, I I won't do that today. You just came down from the cross. You just came down from the cross. This road sometimes is very lonely. When you're serving God. But you're never alone. Because he's always with you. He says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's always going to be there. For you. Jesus answered Peter. Assuredly I say to you that. In the regeneration. When the son of man sits on his throne. The throne of his glory. You who have followed me, will also sit on twelve thrones, 
judging the tribes of Israel. And then he added, verse 29, And everyone who has left houses, brothers, sisters, you left your wife, your children, your mother, your father, and lands. If you've left all these things, for my sake, not because things were hard, for my sake, he said, you will receive in this present world, according to uh, Luke, this present world, a hundredfold. The houses, everything that you left. And then after this life, you have eternal life. You know, the Bible says in Exodus, Chapter 23, verse 25, 26. It says, so you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. If you serve God, God will take sickness away from the midst of you. He will bless your bread and your water. No one shall suffer miscarriage. In other words, nothing that you set your hands to do is going to go up. Just to waste. You, no one will suffer miscarriage, nor be barren in the land. The number of your years, he said he's going to fulfill. If you are sick this morning and you are serving God, God wants to heal you. I'm going to say that again. If you are sick this morning, after the service, I need you here. God wants to heal you. If you are a servant of God, God will heal you this morning. God will heal you. So you shall serve. You see, service is what God wants. Not just worship. Service. So you shall serve the Lord your God and He will bless your bread and your water. Everything that you set your hands to do, God's going to bless. He said, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Take cancer away from the midst of you. Take the headache away from the midst of you. Take the diabetes away from the midst of you. Because you are a servant of God. You know, the Bible says we have been grafted by faith into Christ. He is divine. And we are the branches. What is not part of the vine cannot be part of your life. Because you and the vine, you are one. The vine doesn't have cancer. You cannot have cancer. The vine doesn't have a headache. You can't have migraine. The vine doesn't have pain in the stomach. You can't have that. Because the juice is coming from the vine into your body and is flowing through you. And it's eternal life. He gives life to your body. Life to your body. And we just think, those are just words. No! They're not just words. These are eternal words. The words that created the universe. The words that said, let there be light. Some of you don't know. But the sun was created possibly the third or fourth day. 
The first day God said, let there be light. And there was light. But sun didn't come. The word of God is light. The word of God is life. When you receive the word of God, your body can, no sickness can stand the power of the Holy Ghost. The word of God in your body, that thing must disappear. So you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will take sickness away from the midst of you. He will. He said I will. He will. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. The number of your days I will fulfill. And that means you don't have to die young. No sickness can take you. No sickness can challenge you. Because God has spoken. No plane crash can take place in your life. It doesn't happen for children of God. And they well, I know that brother who died. That's him. I'm crafted. Can Jesus die in a plane crash? Uh, 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 is it, oh, Jesus is dying. Pray for him. He just had an accident yesterday. Is, is that possible? He is divine. We are the branches. Be it unto you according to your faith. But you, God will not reveal to you until you serve him. Jesus will not tell you what the Father has told him until he finds you his friend. Just the truth. Job 36 verse 11 If they obey and serve him they shall spend their days. They shall spend their days in prosperity. And their years in pleasures. If they obey and what? Serve Him. God is calling for you to serve. Don't hang out there. Find your place in the house of God. There's something you can do. Papa and Mama. I talked about 80 years old man. They asked their pastor. Actually 90 at that point. They asked their pastor in this little church. Pastor, we want to work. Said, what can we do to help your ministry? Pastor thought for a while. He said, uh, can you clean the toilet? Would you ask an, a 90 year old man to clean the toilet? They called me and told us. Pastor said for us to clean the toilet. <laughs> And they were doing it. People, they told me, they said, listen, good luck. We worked. But now that we are retired, we are making more money than we made while we were working. You figure that out. You figure that out. They gave a thousand dollars to the ministry in Nigeria. One thousand dollars. Both of them retired. Figure that out. But they're willing to clean toilet for God. They're willing. Service is what God is asking for. Service. 
And I'm going to close with this. Psalm 102. The scripture tells us there, talking about God, you will arise and show mercy and have mercy on Zion. Zion, that's the people of God. You will arise and and have mercy on Zion. Mercy means for God to do something to change your situation. The man who was born blind said, Lord Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Meaning, open my eyes. You will arise and have mercy on Zion. The people of God. For the day to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. The time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Why? For your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. What does that mean? You mean they start showing favor to the dust of the ground? No. They said, God that's your house. What do you want? What do you want? They showed favor to the dust, the house of God. They, they took pleasure in the things of God. It excites them to do things for God. So they, the psalmist can say, God, now you must arise and have mercy. Bless them now, God. For the set time has come. The set time for God to bless you is here today in Jesus' name. God wants to bless you today. Stand up with me this morning. We got to make a commitment. You see, every time you make a commitment, you are making, entering into a covenant with God. And every time you enter into a covenant with God, sometimes things get more difficult, a little difficult. Because he's going to see what you will do. If you will continue, or you decide you don't want to. Some of us, we serve God, but we are not truly committed to him. We haven't found our place in his house. If you're here this morning, And you want God's favor in your life. The formula is service. Amen. Not just to worship God. Not just to give your life to Him. You say to God, I'm going to serve you now. Whatever it takes. My money, my time. Out, what are you doing? I know you are not willing for any to perish. What can I do about that? Tell me and I will do it. I'll do it. All heads bowed this morning. All eyes closed. You're here this morning. And you're saying, I want to be a servant of God. That's all I want in life today. Now, you need to know that Jesus himself is right here with us. He sees every one of you. And he sees your heart. 
This is a time to be sincere. You and him in your closet. Between you and him. And you can see him. He's standing right there in front of you. Looking down at you. If today you want to enter this commitment. Don't enter into it lightly. Mean it from your heart. You say with God's help. With God's help. I am from this very day going to serve God with everything that I have. With God's help. That's what you're saying. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand, please? Let me see your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I ask that you grant your servants grace. To do what's in your heart towards you. You said without you, we can do nothing. I ask for your grace upon your people today. Because they've spoken to you in the closet of your heart. And you heard them. Take their words and turn it into a miracle. Turn their words into a miracle in their lives. Empower them. Through their commitment to you this morning. In Jesus name. Amen. If you're sick in the body. And you want to get well. And you're a servant of God. Please come down here. I'm going to pray for you. And God will heal you. God will heal you. Amen. I must remind you that Jesus Christ just as he was when he walked, walked the shores of Galilee he's still the same person today and he's here with us and there is nothing that is impossible with him and he's going to heal you this morning and take whatever that is from your body so that you can serve him I am very certain of that. Very certain of that. He's going to heal you this morning. Right here. And take that thing, whatever it is, out of your body. Thank you, Jesus.